appetite for distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode 53. My goodness. Thanks to everybody who listened to episode 52. Uh, Squires, Mike Squires, was in studio with me from Duff McKagan's Loaded. He became uh, BFFs. He should be making me a, a new theme song. Yes, new theme song. <laughs> my God, you're already laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> my special co-host today, and I mean special as in a friend and, um, and, and the helmet special, uh, Joe Pontillo. I am wearing a helmet, but that's for legal reasons. Yes, yeah, so Joe Pontillo. Um, Can't believe I'm on a Guns N' Roses podcast. I've never listened to a single one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> I flat out refuse. You liar. <laughs> you liar. Uh, chances are you don't know who Joe Pontillo is. <laughs> well, unless you're from the NYC area. or if, if you do, oh my God, thank you. Or if you're a Mets fan, because I know you've you've done some things for the, well, not directly for the Mets, but. You, if you've watched New York One in the last five years, you've probably seen me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe Pontillo is a, a local NYC uh, comedian. And we've been friends since, well, we knew each other at Hofstra, right? We had one class together. Yeah, I didn't have friends at Hofstra. Neither did I. But I knew I, I knew you enough to kind of remember your name when I ran back into you like six years later. I remember you making a November Rain reference in class. and No. You did. You were, we were talking about like the piano. You are like, oh, can you play November Rain the piano? I remember. That's the only thing I do. I'm like, I kind of like this kid. Huh. I, that probably wasn't it's even a, right. It's a vague... Funny enough, yes. November Rain is actually probably one of my least favorite Guns N' Roses songs. All right, nice Just to have you on the show. <laughs> it's nice to have you on the show. It's nice, nice to have you on It's my favorite song ever. Right. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, in that case... Um, <laughs> You're allowed to have an opinion. Do they have a December Rain? <laughs> they should have done a sequel to that on Chinese Democracy. That would have been funny. Well, uh, Joe Pontillo, uh, we've done radio before, but not for quite some time. We... Worked on a now defunct uh, Long Island uh, rock station, and we've done some more morning radio together. I'd like to think we were the reasons it shut down. Hopefully, because that station was garbage. Well, it turned to garbage. It was very heritage, and then uh, the owners of the company uh, killed it. I don't care because I would never work for them again, so it doesn't really matter to me. No, it's okay. And you're not naming them by name, so you know maybe they'll start a new startup radio station, and you'll be the first person they call. Yeah, I'll say yeah. I'll say no. And they'll be like, no, Bra thanks, Brando. We're gonna run it into the ground within six months. Are you in? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, Joe and I. I mean, it's it's funny. Uh, we. I had a, a, a quote morning show. I was forced to do something while they were secretly killing it in the back. Uh, this heritage rock station, and they turned it to news. And you know, I had this listener-hosted morning show where the average person would be my co-host for the day, and that's just death because I'm dealing with strangers in, in morning right, radio. Right, most normal people are terrible and have nothing to say. Right, right. I mean, I'm pretty bad on my, by myself, and I'm supposedly a professional. <laughs> most of the shows are just people going like. Yeah, I'm on the radio. Call in with your requests, and I won't play them because I have that's no control. It. Yeah, no, that's it. And but I so then I started to you know not to make myself too depressed, not to have a, a shit broadcast. I started to bring on my comedian friends, so that's when we uh, kind of rekindled uh, a little bit. And then I kind of took over like the whole network. Yeah, which I want. I mean, because I I think you're a funny guy. I mean, and you've been in a bunch of like the famous clubs here in NYC, like where you played uh, Gotham, right? Yeah, and I was on uh, their TV show, Gotham Comedy Live. Yeah. So it's basically 
like working there. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a new special out now? Is on, on Amazon? Yes, it's called uh, Delete Your Account. It's up on Amazon, totally free. Amazon or Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, you know, sounds more legitimate. Like you actually have to do something to get it other than typing my name in to the search bar. <laughs> yeah, because that's kind of like what I just say to people to do. If you're on iHeartRadio or Spreaker, just type in Appetite for Distortion or, of course, just follow us on uh, Facebook or Twitter at The AMD Show. But the reason, other than, of course, I missed your your face and uh, your comic book T-shirts that you wear all the time. I get that a lot. Uh, is because today, we're, in a few minutes, we're going to be speaking to uh, Jim Florentine, uh, another comedian. Yes, who... Uh probably won't remember me, but I think we worked together in Connecticut maybe like five, six years ago. Yeah, because uh, a, a lot of these touring comedians do that they'll have local people on and open for them, and that's how it works. Kind of like, I guess, paying... If it was up to him, I would not have voted for him. Uh, <laughs> we'll but, ask him. We'll find out. But I am. Uh, I was, at least for a while, sort of friendly with uh, his old partner from... Um, that metal the show. The metal show, Don Jameson. Yeah, former, former guest. Yeah, I used to drive him to some gigs here and there. Okay. He's also a fellow Mets fan, so yeah. we, we bonded over that. Um, I still have his number on my phone. I don't, <laughs> don't want to be that guy because <laughs> I know of another comedian who's like, I got Ed Helms' phone number. Ah, I'm like, okay, what are you doing with that? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I figured because uh, since I've been doing this this podcast and since my former co-host uh, Scott left, I mean, yeah, I'll do some episodes by myself and the guest, but I get annoyed you know, too much Brando, too much Brandon is enough for me. So I like to bring on guest co-hosts to, you know, not just break up the monotony that is me, but they can also, you know, um, help out with the, the guest of the day. Yes. So that would be with Jim Florentine, things that you can help uh, relate to, to him in the comedy world. Because he just came out with a new book that we're going to talk to him about. Just full of just angry What is it called shit. again? Uh, everybody is awful, parentheses, except you. I, I can relate to that. Yeah, although I'm going to ask him, like, I was kind of worried reading it because I really thought I was going to read about, like, me because I know I, I you do. Spe- oh, you specifically? Not me. <laughs> well, That'd be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> Why am I in your book? <laughs> yeah, we've never met before. No, just, like, dumb shit that I do that I know I hate myself for that I thought, like, it would have been called oh, out for. Because no. I think even in the uh, the byline. Wait till a- my book comes out. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but since uh, while we're waiting for him and since you're co-host uh, for the day, uh, this means you're going to be part of one of my corny segments, and maybe this will be something that uh, Jim Florentine hates, and that's uh, sound bites. So you're going to be part of our news segment. Oh my news! <laughs> Caught you off guard. Did not see that coming. <laughs> Caught you off guard. So we're going to get to a couple of GNR news stories while we're waiting for for Jim. Uh, first one is that Stephen Adler, Adler's Appetite, announcing officially announcing dates uh, down under in Australia, which is cool, uh, has yet to announce who the band is. Uh, said the, says the lead singer is going to be somebody we know, you know, someone really famous. So Wait, he's just like throwing together a band on the fly? He's had Adler's Appetite before okay. when he was, you know, had nothing to do with GNR anymore. And, oh, I see. And, you know, they brought him back for so, a couple of shows. So he's like a spinoff band. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he wants to be in... Guns and Roses again, but for whatever reason, uh, we fans continue to speculate why. You know, maybe I'll do one-offs again, but he's going to be performing uh, Appetite in its entirety, and we'll be doing a QA with his mom for uh, some of these shows. And she has a book uh, out as well, how she kind of survived GNR and Steven and all that. So I can barely. I mean, I love my mom. I can barely talk to her for five minutes on the phone without looking at the timer. But then he's going to be doing a now QA. You're talking to somebody else's mom. Yeah, so, so, so that should be interesting. It will be a very challenging interview for you. 
<sighs> well, we have we have a lot of Aussie fans, so I mean, if you guys do go, uh, let us know. I would love to have uh, an on-field reporter, so to speak, and let us know how those shows go. That would be pretty great. Do it. Uh, also, it's, uh, did, I, did I just go through puberty right there? I was like, also. Or you reversed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You Maybe. did puberty. Uh, another announcement um, of new music that is not Guns N' Roses. Uh, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators putting out a new album this fall. And I think uh, Todd Kearns, uh, he knew about this when I interviewed him, but he didn't tell me. He, he kind of hinted at it. He was like... When the time is right, GNR is doing some dates in the summer, and probably after that we'll reconvene. So he probably knew, but couldn't officially say yes, and I don't blame him for that. But that is happening, and I personally don't think that means Slash is leaving uh, the band at all. I mean, uh, I if you yeah, want, he's always jumped around from band to band. What I think it's going to be cool is it's going to be. Now that they're all older, they're all going to kind of do like their own projects and also do GNR. Now that they're reminded of what a cash cow the, this is, the beauty of Slash is you could just like slap a long black curly wig on anybody in a top <laughs> hat, and they'll who's going to know it's not him? Slash is it real? Exactly. <laughs> he died in 1988. <laughs> yes. 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 I know. I know. So it's nothing uh, but actors. No, it, it, it's it could be interesting. Uh, I mean, because there are people who are upset about it. Uh, because they just like seeing the the people who they love in the band that they love. Uh, I know you're a huge uh, Rage Against the Machine fan. Yeah. But you weren't warm to Audio Slave. I didn't really. I really hated their first album. Their second album got a li- little better. Mm. And then I guess there was a third album that I sort of forgot about for whatever reason. Honestly, I I, I forget. I mean, I I, yeah. I mean, I like Audio Slave, but I was more of a Soundgarden guy. I liked Chris Cornell in Soundgarden, but if you put him in to uh, like Rage Against the Machine, no. Doesn't sound right. It's you're right. Never it, just never clicked for me. I I use that as an analogy when they announced uh, Axel was going to be doing ACDC, and I'm like that. That's just like okay. I like Axel, like ACDC, but it's like I like Chris Cornell and and and. Uh, is he going to be singing new stuff with them, or is he going to be? Well, that's also part of Shotgun out? news that there have been. I think it was uh, Angry Anderson. Axel uh, DC. That's going to be the yeah, well, new it's, band. It's it's still going to be called ACDC, but that's oh. what we fan. I guess it's gonna, like the Van Hagar version of it. But uh, it has yet to be confirmed. I saw on Instagram, because you know everything on Instagram is real, but Malcolm Young uh, said, uh, be on the lookout for new stuff from us soon. But he doesn't have many <laughs> followers, so I mean, who knows if that's real. Who died? Somebody died from ACDC. Somebody died? Didn't they? Yeah. Brian yeah, Malcolm Young. Malcolm oh, Young. Malcolm. Malcolm Young. I mean, oh. Brian Johnson, uh, the lead singer, he, he didn't die, but he's had health issues. Oh, okay. So um, he, if he kept performing, the doctor said that he may... Loses hearing completely. Yikes. I mean, it's really amazing that that band lasted as long as they did. I mean, they all sounded like they were near death when they started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, but, and when I went to go see Axel DC or ACDC with Axl Rose, whatever, last year at Madison Square Garden, I had never seen ACDC before. And it, it was incredible. I mean, I like it's like rejuvenated my ACDC fandom. It was just really weird. I mean, Angus, yes, he looks like... Instead of Angus Young, Angus Old, <laughs> I've seen it's a it's a meme. Does he make that joke? No, I oh, saw it on a meme. That'd be terrible. I saw it on a meme. Yeah, hey guys, more like Angus Old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be interesting. We're gonna get new Slash, Miles Kennedy, and the Conspirators. We we make it new ACDC with Axl Rose. GNR is touring this summer, so maybe they're gonna you know kind of keep things. 
in a positive light so they don't break up again. Hey, let's all do our own projects and then we'll reconvene when the time is right. Yeah, so. I mean the less that Axel can be around people, the more uh, you can get out of him. Hmm. <laughs> <I find. laughs> Axel, you are the Super Bowl of self-abuse. Are you a horror guy? A horror guy? Yeah. Like, eh, really. All right. I, I mean, life is pretty horrible. Tone, <laughs> okay. so. I'm into that, if okay. that's what you mean. Okay, because that's from uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. Oh, was and, it? And I'm just so proud that I found those uh, those sound clips. I think I wrote a joke years ago about uh, Axl Rose being the only musician who a fan could just run up to him on the street and be like, I think you're fantastic. And he'll be like, piss off. Like, <laughs> Why? He's a nice guy now. He's calmed down. Did he mellow out a little bit? Yeah, he seems to be all smiley. Didn't you know? he set like Michael Jackson on fire back in the day? No, that was a pyro. Oh right. Why would he? <laughs> I think I'm combining my Why like, are you tragic show? concert stories from the eighties. <laughs> I think so. Well, I remember watching Metallica behind the music, and one of their big stories was the time when they went on tour with Guns N' Roses, and uh, oh, James Hetfield got set on fire. Yes, James, because you know that's what you need. Like, yeah, man, just have flames coming out of the ground. Uh, yeah. And that's also when his voice changed and that band went downhill. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the fire. And then Axel came out and was like, this, the sound doesn't sound good, so I'm out of here. And they showed like some uh, B-roll clip of him just like flipping off a random audience, probably not even from the same show. No, that's what they did. And then a riot broke out. And, yes, uh, I think it was uh, with Montreal. Uh, yeah, Ryan. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people. It takes were... a lot to piss off the Canadians. <laughs> to get, they don't riot for anything. Although, I mean, well, because you're, while well, we're still waiting uh, for Jim, because you're a hockey fan, they did that in uh, Vancouver. Remember? You're, you're, like, you're a oh, coach I mean, now. Even if the, the Canucks are not in the uh, the playoffs, they'll still riot. They, yeah. they take offense to everything that happens. Uh, yeah, I don't, we I don't win, know. burn the city down. We lose, burn the city down. We don't make it, burn the city down. And I think that was when they had the coach that you guys have currently, right? Tortorella? No. Vigne- like, oh, uh, right. Yeah, Vigne- I was going to say, Tortorella looks like a guy who actually starts riots <laughs> in his spare time. <laughs> no, Elaine uh, Vigneault, hey, right? Uh, who's like so milk toast and boring. I hope they fire him after this year. Yeah, well, I'm, as you know, I'm an Islander fan, so it's... It's garbage. Look, there's more hockey talk in a GNR podcast. At least you upgraded from a guy who looks like he does meth to, who is it, Garth Snow now? <laughs> yes. Who also might do meth. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But a, but a better strain of it. I know. So I mean, these are a lot of things that we talk about um, that I want to talk about with Jim, because in his book, it's a lot of people that just piss him off. And I'm wondering, because he went on about like Facebook and just putting yourself out there. And I wonder, like, that's why maybe, like, Axel he doesn't put his, himself out there. Because people just make up shit, you know, about you. It's dangerous. Especially you know? as a comedian, when you guys are... Even, like, you give an interview for something, and you give it to somebody to edit, they can edit it any way they want and make you look terrible. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Wait a second. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you made me sign that NDA. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And uh, in your vial of blood. Mm. Well, I just gave that to you willingly. Yeah, just, I know. It's just did. kind of my thing now. I just I drained a lot of blood out of my body, and I just give it to people. Have you ever seen? Have you seen any of the GNR members in in concert in any form, Velvet Revolver or anything like that? Uh, no, I have not. What was the last concert you you've been to? I think the last concert I went to was Danzig. Okay, were we at the same show? October 2015. Oh, okay, then no. I just went recently at the Paramount, and uh, oh, you went. Of... We were we were thinking about going to that one. Oh, okay. 
All right. Not me and someone else. That's just how I refer to myself. <laughs> we are one of those people. Well, my wife is like a massive Danzig fan. She saw Sam Hain like the night after Halloween a couple of years ago. Oh, I gotcha. I ended up bailing on because I had to go open for Bob Nelson. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if Jim Florentine is a, is a big Danzig fan. How could you not be? I'm, I'm hoping he releases Mother 2018. I think we're due for that, right? I'm not sure. Jim, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, hello, sir. I wanted to awkwardly uh, bring you on to uh, I think my we show. summoned him with Danzig. Hey, it's Brandon. Very nice to meet you. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. This is quite uh, an honor to talk to you. I've been a fan for you, uh, of you for quite some time, and I'm here with my co-host for the day, uh, Joe Pontillo, who opened for you once, so I assume <laughs> you remember him very clearly. Oh, yeah, definitely. What's up, man? Is he the, is, is he the guy that hit on me after the show? <laughs> uh, sorry about that, man. Where was it? Uh, probably one of the tree houses in Connecticut maybe like five years ago. Okay. Um, I know those shows all blend together up there. Yeah, pretty much, but uh, that's cool, man. Right on, right on. So, uh, Jim, this is so uh, so cool. I know we've spoken to your your That Metal Show brethren, uh, Don Jameson, uh, a month or so ago. But I've been following you since the Open Anthony days, uh, who've just opened my eyes to a lot of uh, great comedians. And, of course, when That Metal Show was on, when I'm still hoping that it comes back in some form, because you, you guys certainly have the fan base for it. And, uh, of course, we were talking about your new book, which uh, I started reading uh, yesterday, which, honestly... It's not even like one of those BS radio things. Oh, it's so funny. I was laughing every page. Uh, everybody is awful, except you. Uh, Words to live by. Yeah. Uh, so first, uh, well, like before we got to start getting into, you know, GNR stuff and more about you, uh, how long did you did this book uh, take you to put together? I want to, because that's the about most important three, stuff. About three years. You know, it's, it's basically based off my podcast. I do a podcast every week. Uh, comedy metal mids. That's why I just rant about different stuff. And mostly it's about like social media, like bad posts and, you know, fantasy football and man caves and all that stuff. So, and I just wind up like, you know, basically uh, transcribing like parts of the podcast and kind of putting in a book form. You know, it, it's great because um, cause you actually, I have to learn from him what it's like to have a successful podcast. <laughs> but I'm going through your the, the Facebook part of your book. And I love, of course, you, you, you put out the, the bleeped out the names and the pictures or whatever, but you're actually taking real statuses that your fans give you, right? And it's just like, what? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It is amazing. And I thought of you uh, last night because uh, a stupid Facebook thing happened to me last night because uh, I'm going to be interviewing, uh, I believe, next week, uh, Roberta Freeman, who is one of the backup singers for uh, November Rain and that whole User Illusion tour. And when I've announced the fans before, I get a lot of like, oh, wow, I can't wait to hear from her. And this one guy was like, who? And that shit pisses me off. Just like who the who and the who cares. People are always very negative to you on Facebook. I notice. Why? So I you, your profile picture looks like you're easy to bully. Well, I'm I'm five <laughs> six and Jewish. What do you want from me? But uh, I you're, you helped me kind of with like my anger and knowing how angry you are uh, with the, with the Facebook. So uh, it was uh, it was a very uh, excellent start to the book. Well, you know, because I you know I could see through a lot of these posts because a lot of them. That social media posts are basically people either brag and um, looking for attention or sympathy. And sometimes they try to make it a subtle way or whatever like that. But, I, you know, I, I can see right through that crap. That's what they're trying to do. Like, you know, the, the woman that writes, uh, you know, just sends a, puts a post, uh, I'm on my way to the hospital and nothing else. 
373 likes. Are you okay? Or, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. Likes. Are you okay? Oh, my God. If I lived in New York, I'd be there for you. Please keep us posted. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts <laughs> Just and checked prayers. into the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then after like 35, you know, comments, she, an hour later, she writes, oh, it was just a sore throat. <laughs> the worst know, the wor- alarm. I know. And the worst thing is, and, um, you know, tie it into rock and like what we do, like what Brett Michaels did after he got hit in the head with, uh, it was like something on stage, like this, I don't know, Stonehenge thing came and hit him in the head. And he took a picture of himself in the hospital, of course, with a bandana, because I guess that's surgically uh, implanted yeah. on him. It's like, why did you need to, to do that? I don't know. You're just asking for. Again, you're just asking for sympathy. Like when you have friends, like real friends he's and family. He's letting the fans know he's okay and he can still rock. <laughs> the bandana. I guess so. I guess so. But uh, but Jim, uh, again, thank you for coming on. And I want to, you know, of course, because uh, you're a big, obviously a big rock guy. And that's why it was so cool with uh, with that metal show. You know, with me being in radio and I, I grew up listening to, to Eddie Trunk, but to have you and Don Jameson on and, you know, me being a, a wannabe comedian, uh, me just being Jewish is just, I think I'm a comedian. I guess that's, that's how it works. Uh, I don't have the work ethic to actually do what you what you actually do. But I know you do touch on it in a little bit in the book, and that's how you got into into metal and into rock. And that was through your older brother? Yeah, I had two older brothers that were into, into hard rock and metal. So when I was a kid, I was like 12. They were 17. So they'd be driving around in that car. I'd be in the back seat. And, you know, plus I shared a room with them. So it was just Ted Nugent, ACDC, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, you know, constantly. So I had no choice but to listen to that. And I, you know, I, I really learned to like it over the years. Van Halen, I mean, they would bring me to shows when I was a little kid, you know, so it was great. So were you, I, um, like, were you, it was just strictly metal or is it, uh, like, I know Van Halen isn't really metal, but like, what were you listening to before your brothers got to you? Was it Rafi? I don't really remember nothing. Like my dad tried to get us into like fifties music. He was in like the fifties, which I didn't mind that stuff. But as a 10, 12 year old kid, I wasn't going to really like that, but I really wasn't in the, I was more, I don't know. I wasn't in the really music then, but then when they started bringing it around, you know, the, the softest I got to music that I liked was like Skinner. Like I always got like, kind of like Southern rock too. So that was pretty much, I wasn't a big Beatles fan. The Stones, that I didn't come till later, but um, it's, it was just right off the bat. It was you know ACDC, Sabbath, Sabbath, pretty much the, the ground zero, right? And then you know like Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, that kind of stuff. A little Boston was in there. I remember Boston and the Cars, you know, a little bit of that. But pretty much it was just full on hard rock and metal. Okay, right on, right on. I like that. Uh, so then, how did the uh, comedy come about? Did you want to do anything in? In rock at all? I mean, did you try playing an instrument, or you just uh, you just liked uh, listening to metal and rock, and that was just never like? A no, I pre- tried, man. All my friends were in bands, you know. I was a big music fan and stuff, but I just didn't have a talent for music. I tried singing lessons, trying to play guitar, but I was a lefty, and nobody could teach me because all my friends were righty. They're like, I don't know how to play lefty, you know. Mm-hmm. Go get them from Tony Iommi, you know. Um, <laughs> So I just so I just didn't have the talent for that. So I was like, and I just you know I always see like David Lee Roth in interviews, being how how funny he was and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. man, I gotta get up on stage somehow, you know. And then when like Dyson Kinison came along, and I saw those guys bringing like a rock star kind of mentality to comedy, you know, where they you know playing with a band and Dice had a leather jacket on, telling dirty jokes. I'm like, man, I gotta you know I'm gonna try to do something. I'm gonna try this. And once I went on stage once, I'm like, this is what I want to do. There is something about rock and roll and comedy that works. 
Like, why do you think that? Well, is? you know, I was DJing. I was DJing too on the on a radio station. It was a station in New Jersey, this little station where at night you could play whatever you want. So I would just bring in my metal records. I had like a four hour show, just playing metal, and then and then they gave me the job as the morning guy. But then they wanted me to play like you know, like Phil Collins. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> garbage. Playing through studio. <laughs> and I was DJing at like a rock club, so I was like the heavy metal DJ on like the Friday night and all that stuff. So I was I was just trying to figure out I had my own DJ business. And then when I saw the stand up and I got up on stage, I'm like, this is it. And how long have you been doing? Because you've been around for such a long time. Yeah, like '91, I started. Wow. wow. Pretty much, yeah. I went out a couple of times before. I'm pretty much like around '91, yeah. What would you consider your, I guess, your first break when you're, you know, or how did your your parents initially react when you're like, oh, I want to be a comedian? I can't imagine, uh, like, did their dreams of you being a doctor just completely die? Oh no, they wanted no, you they to be a preacher. That. They knew that. No, they wanted you to be a preacher, right? Or a priest? Oh yeah, my mom wanted to be a priest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that 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 dream died pretty early. <laughs> that I like too, because you find out a lot of like the rock stars they had like a religious upbringing, and just like you know, Jim, you say in your book, you just went the metal and the rock way to rebel. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's what I did. So I just you know listen because my I remember bringing like Ozzy Osbourne albums home as a kid, and my mom's like, you can't have this in this house because he had the cross and like the Blizzard of Oz cover, and she thought he was Satan at the time. She was biting heads off of bats and doves and doing all the pissing on the Alamo. So, you know, he was, uh, you know, she, Judas Priest. She didn't like that name because a Catholic Judas Priest. So, so she, it was it was a highway to hell when I brought that home. My mom's like, you can't a highway to hell. You can't have this in the house. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I can. It's all hypothetical. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then I just got, got into that. And then, you know, I eventually started doing a stand-up. Pretty much, you know, just took it from there. And uh, so what would you consider like your first, like when you realize, like, hey, this is going to, I can make this as a living instead of like, I enjoy doing this. But when you realize you were successful, because you weren't, you Just know, that I, show was know, later when I started on. Make, when I started making enough money to, to pay my bills mm -hmm. and get by, I knew, uh, to me, I made it. I'm like, I can't believe this, that I'm making like 400 bucks a week. And I was still living at home at the time, so I moved back in because I was just starting out. I said, all right, if I, I got to do this, I don't want to be working a day job all the time and then try to work at night. So... Um, and then, you know, getting a little a crummy apartment and stuff. And, but just that I was making a living doing this. I'm like, this is awesome. Cause I didn't care. I'm low maintenance dude. I'm like, whatever. I'm just, let me sleep on a couch. I'm good. And, uh, you know, so that, that, that's what I realized at first. I'm like that. Wow. And now I think let's, let's see where I can go from here. But just to make a living doing it was great. You know, uh, cause you had, uh, Jim Norton do the, uh, the forward and, and him and I mentioned John, Don Jameson before there is like a, a rock community in the uh, the comedy community it seems so yeah well me that's how we bought me and jim bonded because i started a little before jim and i was running like an open mic night in new jersey and, I, and jim came down because he wanted to be a comic and we just started talking about black sabbath and our love of black sabbath and ozzy and that's how we became friends um and then don jameson was working on mtv years ago he worked there as a producer on like a comedy show before i started doing comedy i met him it was funny because this comedian, this guy, Rich Franchese, he was a friend of mine. I was trying to get in, like, the New York clubs, and I had long hair at the time and stuff, and they wanted nothing to do with me. I thought I was just some, like, dirtbag comic that wouldn't give me the time of day. And my friend knew Rich, knew Don, and I, he brought me to, like, this Christmas party at this comedy club, and he goes, hey, I'm going to introduce you. That guy's a producer at uh, MTV. 
and, and he knew Don. He goes, hey, Don, he goes, I want to introduce you to this comedian. This guy's Jim. He goes, he's from New Jersey. He likes heavy metal and strippers. And Don's like, <laughs> really? And we sat and talked for four hours. And that's how we became friends. He likes heavy metal. He's from Jersey and strippers. I think they still have your uh, your original headshot up by either the comic strip or some club. And I guess it's when you have yeah, they do. hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I kept it up there. They, they said I could change it over the years. I go, no, that's my original one. I, I was doing that. I had that out even before I was doing comedy. Right. I just got some headshots done. I had a friend that when I was DJing, I just had headshots for some reason. I can't really remember why, but and I just used those as my first headshots. Right. Um, I want to talk about, because obviously it's a Guns N' Roses uh, podcast, but now... Let's the, get right to it, man. Yep. Who cares about this comedy shit? <laughs> <laughs> Over comedy. At this I point. love it. Well, I, w- I want to... No, I'll tell you about Guns N' Roses. Okay, so I'm DJing, right? Uh-huh. I'm always and I'm I'm into like Kerrang magazine over in London. I love that magazine because they were breaking bands before the states, and I'm reading, you know, like hip all these metal magazines. So I'm in the scene. I know what's going on. I'm always looking for the new bands. I'm DJing a rock club, so I want to you know play new music. And I was just always I loved getting an album and you know first before anyone got it. And I was going, man, listen to this band and turning my friends on to it. So I remember Kerrang! Magazine it was, it was going, okay, there's these two bands from America that are going to be huge, and we're not sure if it's going to be this one. It was either Guns N' Roses or Faster Pussycat. Their <laughs> debut albums were going to be released on the same day. Okay. And they weren't sure which band was going to be, like, the next big thing. So I heard about these guys before, and I'm like, oh, man, i got to check this out. So the day it came out, I got Appetite for Destruction with the original cover that's banned. Okay. Wow. It's almost like looking back at it, it's almost like if you know football. It was when, when Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf were coming out of football, out of the out of draft. They go, we yes. don't know which one. Who are you going to choose? Better. Who are you going to choose? Who's the right. future of the They NFL? said either one. You can't go wrong with either one. <laughs> Yeah, one's going to end up like robbing people's houses for pills, and one's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So. And nothing against Faster Pussycat. They had a, you know, a, a decent career, and they're still around. And they're sure. still, I just saw them on the, a Monster Rock Cruise, and they're great. But, uh, you know, was, but that was a big hype on those two. So when you listen to both of those, being in the, like, what did you think? What was your initial impression? You know, what did your, your older brothers think since they were, you know, you've kind of followed them? Like, what, was, what did you think? Um, I thought, you know, that uh, Fast and Pussycat was a little more glam. I wasn't sure. And I thought Guns N' Roses was like a heavier version of the Rolling Stones at the time. So I was t- trying to tell my, my older brother, Joe, was more into, like, now the Stones and stuff like that. He's like, ah, it's, it's, it's pretty good, but it's a little too heavy. It's not, it's not great. You know, he's like, ah, you know, not, it's not the Stones. That's all. He, I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. And I just... You know, they weren't really into it, but I just started playing right off the bat. I loved it, man. I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, they had no videos, no nothing. There was no promotion. The album was just out there. Nobody knew. And then, you know, they started playing the Welcome to the Jungle video on it, like, after midnight. They wouldn't even put it on during the day. Right. It was, like, in 2 in the morning, I believe. Yeah, which was crazy. So throughout the years, did you have you did you ever see the original band? I saw them at the Ritz. I was at that famous show. Oh, you were? Oh, my I, God. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I saw him somewhere else, I think in Jersey. I can't remember. It was a blur, but I know I saw him some other time. What was that Rich um, show like, though? That's like that's iconic. Yeah, no, it was it was amazing, man. It was uh, it was it, you know because it was almost like seeing a band. You know, like I, obviously looking back now, it's easy to say, but like seeing a band before they're going to be huge, like they're going to be an arena band, and you're like man, I can't believe it. So no, it was it was a great because you know I was into the hair stuff a little bit. 
you know, but then when guns came around, I'm like, this is, you know, and I was, I like Motorhead and Metallica and Megadeth, like right. at some mm. thrash. So I wasn't so much like a hit, but so when guns came around, I'm like, this is nothing like what's going on out there as far as the poisons and the warrants and stuff like that. So I really took a liking to Guns and Rose right off the bat and whenever they came around. But I was there and I also went to uh, Giant Stadium when they did the uh, Paris City? Paradise City video when they opened Deep Purple. I think it was an Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah, I was at that show, too, because they went on at like three in the afternoon. That's incredible. Huh. You were on like the two most iconic Guns and I mean, there are a lot of iconic shows, but... I mean, th- those are up there. The fact that you were at both of those, did you like? Did, did you yeah. know that they were filming the video at that time? That they were. Sh- I know because it was. I think it was for MTV, right? Uh, well, Ritz was for MTV, and uh, I don't know if they made any sort of announcement at Giant Stadium, but they said like, "Oh, we're going to use footage," or if that happened after the fact. Like, did you see cameras around uh, for either? Uh, I, I think they might have said that they were doing a video for um, for Paradise City. I'm pretty sure they did say if you see the, the, you know, the stadium wasn't full at the time because they were the first, they were the opening band. They were on the, it's obviously it's during the day. So it was like four in the afternoon and they were just starting to catch wind. I mean, they were getting, you know, I think Sweet Child of Mine, you know, was out for three, four months and people were like, oh man, this band's good. So they weren't like, you know, a household name yet. Right. But you knew though. That's Uh, that's so cool because it's, you can say that of course, like hindsight, you know, but you in the moment, you're like, oh, there's, there's something different. And that seems to be the common theme about this band, that there was something different about them. I loved it, man, because I, you know, and looking back, and then I hear an interview, so I'm a big Rose Tattoo fan. And, yeah. um, you know, Guns was a big Rose Tattoo fan, and they basically, you know, they were on the Sunset Strip, and they see all the bands wearing the spandex and the makeup and all the stuff. And they said when when Rose Tattoo came out, we're doing some shows, they went and saw them, and they're like, oh, man, look at these guys' tattoos. They're all dirty. They're smoking cigarettes. They're drunk on stage. You know what I mean? They're not pretty boys. They're missing teeth. They're like, oh man, we want to be. So they all, you know, and and they, I love that sound, that AC kind of ACDC sound that they had. And they said we pretty much saw that image. We're like, we want to go in that direction more than wearing spandex and doing all the, the other stuff that the rest of the bands are doing. And uh, I'm assuming because you kind of bring that thing, uh, uh, the same thing to your your comedy as far as just I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm going to go up there. It's like. It's the opposite of what today, and that's what your book is about, uh, the opposite of how today everyone's so censored, people were afraid to be themselves, nobody has balls anymore. Uh, but, of course, back in the day, Axel had all of that, but he you know, would show up late. He, right. would, he, he went would, too far with it. Or did you think that? Or you were, you were, like, or were you totally, far enough. Yeah, were you totally into, like, this guy is crazy, I like it. Or you were just more of like, hey, you know, be like Brian Johnson, be a badass, but at least, you know, go on stage. Uh, you know, um, no, I, I don't remember the time, uh, you know, when I was still seeing him, he was pretty much going on stage at, at, at t- on, on time. I'm sure I saw him on the Use Your Illusion tour. I just can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember sitting for three hours, Okay, you know, for him to come on stage. So I don't remember that. Okay. Okay. Um, but I do remember, um, you know, when obviously when Axel had his version of Guns, I saw them a bunch of times before Slash and uh, Duff came back in the band. Yeah, and they would go on at like, you know, uh, you know, at midnight or whatever like that. It was no, you know, I just knew. I knew, you know, I always tell people, don't bitch about it. You go, first of all, you're going to a rock show, okay? Sorry if you're not going to get home till 2.30 in the morning. Ooh, you're gonna, <laughs> you know, oh, so you're going to get, you're going to only have four and a half hours sleep. You get the rest of the week to sleep. <laughs> Nothing more you know, metal than being the same guys, the same guys on Monday Night Football. Oh, it's too late. I'm like, oh, you so you can't go to bed at one in the morning if the game goes into overtime. It's your favorite team. They play 16 weeks out of the year. Get over it. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And because uh, I, n- I never got to see the original band, but I saw, you know, I've seen the reunion or the uh, whatever they want to call it now, the semi reunion. But I saw the the version you probably saw with uh, with DJ Ashba. And but like, what did yeah. you what did you think of that? Because uh, obviously being I, a big metal I thought guy, it was great. Okay, I loved it, man. I mean, I I thought it was really good because I just you know. Uh, you know, I didn't think they were ever going to get back together. I didn't think any of those guys were going to talk again. It was never going to happen. So I'm like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to, this is where I'm going to go see. And they, they were putting on amazing shows, three hours, and it was great. Look, it wasn't the original band, obviously, but I'm like, all right, so I got to, you know. So I, w- I was okay with it. All these years later, the uh, the fact that, you know, uh, you, you've already been successful in comedy, and when that metal show was on, and you're, you have, you know, if you had Slash on, you've had Steven Adler on, uh, I don't remember if you've had Duff on, but of course. Yeah, we had Duff you on. Did, okay. Yeah. Um, you've, I think you've, other than Izzy, I think you've had everybody on, uh, obviously including Axel and that uh, infamous, what was it, five in the morning, you guys had to be awake the entire time and you were just interviewing. I think that's what Don Jameson was uh, was telling me that you were, you know, other than interviewing like Bumblefoot, uh, you were starting to just, you're so bored you were interviewing those people around the stadium just waiting for Axel to come down. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that story gets twisted. And then once again, I don't care if I was up for, for 72 straight hours. I'm interviewing Axl Rose. It was his first TV interview in like 20 years. You know, uh, you know, everyone's like, I felt bad for you guys. It was so late. I'm like, I've walked out of strip clubs at 6 in the morning, got right on a plane, and been up all night. Right on. You know what I mean? So what's the big deal? But no, this is what happened. This is the story behind it. So I guess Guns was doing a tour at the time, and they they had some new management or new road manager or whatever, and um, they wanted to promote the tour. So they said, all right, how about VH1 come down to Miami and film the concert, and they'll put it on VH1 and, you know, and promote the new tour. The Guns is out there, and they're doing a tour, and they're going to see how good this band is. So Axel agreed. So he said, yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. And then he said, and then the, the, the new manager told, said to VH1, hey, Axel will do an interview with you guys, but you guys have to come to Miami. And we're like, really? All right, we'll come to Miami, absolutely. So the, so we went down there, and they go, but, in the, you know, you could interview the rest of the guys in the band, too. And Buck Cherry was opening, I think, and we mm-hmm. interviewed some of those guys and make a whole show about it. We go, yeah, no problem. We'll definitely do that. Meanwhile, he didn't tell Axel that we were going to interview him. He just figured, I'll get the crew down, they'll let him film it, and then I could just say Axel didn't want to do it, and at least they filmed it, and they'll still show it on BH1. Oh. Ah. He was, yeah, so he was afraid to tell Axel. That was the thing. Like, he didn't want to tell Axel a month before because Axel could have easily said, no, I don't want to do it, or whatever. So he just said, so then we get down there, we, we do all the interviews, we watch the show, which is an amazing show. It, it was Miami, so they didn't go on until midnight. They get off at 3 in the morning. I remember that. They got off exactly at 3 a.m. And we didn't get it beforehand, the interview. And then um, uh, after the show, we find out that Axel, they just found, Axel just found out after the show that we're there to interview him. He's like, they're going to interview me? They're like, yeah. You know, they really want to interview. And he's like, oh, man, I, I, I wish I would have known about this. Well, I'm going to need some time to get ready and shower on a wine. Wow, go, okay, changed. do whatever you got to do. So they made Axel look like the bad guy, like he made us wait. He didn't. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, when he gets off stage at 3, he probably finds out at 3.30 he's got to do an interview or something. And he's like, all right, well, my first TV interview in a while, I'm going to, you know, three hours on stage running around like a maniac and doing all that. He's in, and unwinding, whatever his process is, unwinding. And then, you know, he showed up about like 5 a.m. We did the interview with him. Yeah, that's a story that uh, 
hasn't been told, and that's that's interesting. And he, and he was nice as could be, nice as could be, and he just said, they just said, hey, just uh, you know, don't ask about the original band's going to get back together because DJ, he's come with DJ, he feels comfortable with DJ, it's his buddy, and he hasn't done an interview in a while, so he just wants him there. You know, we'll go, all right, no problem. And that was fair enough. You know what I mean? With the guy, with DJ sitting right there. Hey, when's the new band, when's the original band get back together? Sure. Everyone's be- asked that a million questions. He wasn't going to give us the exclusive and go, you know, it could be in a couple of years. Sorry, DJ. Go run, <laughs> <laughs> go run along now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go call Nikki Six and see if you guys can start a new band. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's, uh, you know, see, that's management. Like, what the fuck? Like, especially since uh, he's interviewed with Eddie Trunk before, so you would have thought... You know, you weren't just like, I don't know, maybe if it was, you know, I hate these two comedians. If he didn't know perhaps, uh, you know, Jim Florentine and Don Jameson by name, he would have been like, mm, I don't know these guys. And again, this is, you know, this is a hypothetical, but he knows Eddie Trunk. And it's just management not communicating that. And then the word getting out there, making Axel look like he's making you guys wait. And the fact that he, he was willing to do that. Even, speaks- was, even if it was, like, who cares if it was, you know, at eight o'clock at night or five o'clock in the morning? I don't care. You know what I mean? It's like it's no big deal whenever we interview him. We're talking we're talking to one of the biggest rock stars ever. We're asking him questions that we wanted to ask him since the band came out. I oh, um, I, um, it's a little late. I don't know if I could <laughs> yeah, do I it. I only have a three hour window, so make this happen. <laughs> yeah, this is not you know, this is nuts. Do you think that was uh probably your biggest like fanboy moment of uh at, at of that metal show or what m- may have been? Because that's that was that was huge. Yeah, I would say that was because, you know, you know, you, you never think you're going to meet Axel or any of this or that stuff. So it was just like, you know, and, and let alone in, let alone interview him. So, yeah. yeah, that definitely was without a doubt. The only part that I didn't like about it is I'm in Miami and I had to stay sober until I interviewed Axel. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like I, if we were to interview him before the show, I'd been pounding beers, watching a band like from noon to 3 a.m. And I just said, like, I got just to, you know, if we get him. We're supposed to get him after the show. I got to stay sober for this. Mm. Oh, that's 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 too good. Um, so since you're also a big ACDC fan, and you've had Brian Johnson on the show before as well, uh, what do you think about what's going on now? You know, I saw them last year at MSG. I was I was personally blown away of how good they uh, they were. But you was at that show. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's phenomenal. I saw him in Philly a few days after that. The last show they did. Oh, wow. phenomenal. And, and, and I'm assuming you've seen, well, I'm not the original uh, with Bon Scott, but uh, you saw ACDC with, with Brian Johnson, correct? I saw ACDC with Bon Scott. My, uh, my older brothers took me. You did? Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, the Garden of Ted Nugent. They opened for Ted Nugent on the Highway to Hell tour. Oh, wow. Okay. That's something else. So then, yeah. for, then for you, then you've seen so many versions of ACDC. <laughs> Do you like yeah, the only one I didn't see was the original one back in Australia in '72. Was it Evans? Or right? Dave Evans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's still quite incredible. So, what, what? I mean, obviously you enjoyed the show, but do you like how it's continuing? Do you like? Uh, do you like how it was the transition was made? Because people thought like he kicked Brian Johnson out of the band, but that doesn't seem to be the case if you actually read between the the lines what, what they're saying. Like, were you, what was your initial reaction? I guess my question is. I wasn't sure, you know, because um, I don't know, you know, because I don't know what happened with Brian. It was kind of, you know, it, it, you know, there was rumors of what went down and all this other stuff. And, then, you know, one day Brian's out of the band. I just sort of toured. They played at MetLife Stadium in Jersey. I saw it. It was amazing. And then all of a sudden he's out of the band. They're like, wow, that's weird. And we're going to have a bunch of guest singers. I remember that announcement. 
and I had tickets for the garden show already. I'm like, all right, I go up to wait. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, you hear Axel's in the band. I'm like, what? what? I go, what? That's a wow. That, that came out of nowhere. And that's kind of a weird move. Yeah. You know, um, but I knew Axel was a huge ACDC fan. They would always do like a, you know, they were doing um, like riff rap, a whole lot of Rosie. On right. that. You know, when Guns would do their show with, with, with Axel's version of Guns N' Roses. So I knew they were big ACDC fans. But I guess, I don't know, the, what I, I don't know, I, I thought I heard this or read this somewhere that Axel called up and said, hey, if you guys need me help, I'll come down and audition. You know, and he came down and he blew him away. Um, you know, and they, but I guess they, you know, at ACDC at that point, you know, they had to come back with a big name. I don't think, uh, you know, the guy in the Back in Black tribute band would, would even though he would have sounded just like Brian and done the the Bond stuff, good. I don't think that would have worked. I don't think they could have done arenas. You know, I think the AC fans were pissed. They thought maybe something shady went down, but even if it didn't, everyone loved Brian. Now he's out of the band, and who's this guy? He's a, in a band from North Carolina. So I think they needed a big name. Yeah, that's, pull it off. yeah, that's the weird thing now about with uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, the guy, I know the guy was on the X Factor or whatever, but it's just, it's, uh, it really is interesting when the, a lot of these bands, especially, you know, bands we grew up with, and obviously you're, you're older than, uh, um, than me, Jim, I'm 34, uh, you know, a lot of with members changing and people just become so, it's like their family, you know, it's like mom and dad breaking up. It's like a family getting divorced. Uh, so people just take things a little too seriously. So I, I wasn't sure of your opinion, but you seem to just, as long as it rocks, you seem to be down with it. Well, you know, the thing with Stone Temple Pilots and even like Alice in Chains, right. you know, their singer died. So they had, you know, it's not like, hey, what happened with Brian? Did you kick him out? Did you, oh, were, well, yeah. did you were you dumb? So that's where it's a gray area there. So if, if Brian would have passed away, you're like, all right, well, Brian's not around, so we're going to have to get somebody. So everyone would be a lot more acceptable to it, I think. True, true. So I always say this. I said that year, whatever year it was, 2016, Axl Rose got comeback player of the year that year was between Guns N' Roses and ACDC. It was unbelievable. He was an animal that year. No, you're right. It's, and the fact that, again, it's coming from a hardcore ACDC fan. And when I interviewed Scott Ian, he was also at that show. Uh, he said it was the best ACDC show he's ever seen. And Scott Ian is definitely very opinionated and would say it sucked if it sucked. Right. Because you weren't expecting it. You weren't sure what to expect. You don't know the dynamic on stage between Angus and, and Axel. And it was cool how the dynamic was because Axel kind of played the Brian Johnson role where he kind of kept it aside by the speaker and rocked out over there and let Angus take the full, you know, the center stage and that whole walkway that went out into the crowd and stuff, which worked well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Axel didn't, I goes, I don't need to be Axel and Guns N' Roses for this band. And it was cool that he did that. Uh, you're looking forward to because there are rumors out there about them making new music, not just like a tour, and he helped them finish the tour. Well, would you be interested in uh, in hearing that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, ACDC is one of those old school bands where they, they they have to put an album out before they tour, like almost like Judas Priest. Like they won't just do a tour. They have to have a new album, and then they tour. So they've always been like that. So I think if, that, if, if they're going to tour again, they want to put a, 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 you know fresh material out there first. Yeah, but that'd be interesting to hear Axel playing. You know, Cliff Williams not in the band anymore too. Right, so that that hurts. So you really got just Angus. You know, is the only original member. So let me ask you that, because um, that's something we also have, have spoken about, like branding. And obviously, a Jim Florentine has become a brand, and Guns N' Roses is a, a brand, even when it was DJ Ashba and, and Buckethead. But it's the it's the brand that sells. Do you think they should like change their name, like a Coverdale, a, you know, Plant and Coverdale kind of thing, or is it really ACDC anymore, even though they're playing the songs? I mean, that's just such a, a big 
thing with with rock fans of just when to you know uh, just how to proceed. Yeah, well, with ACDC, I mean, that's such an iconic name and everything. And Angus was, you know, the main guy in ACDC, you know, the whole time. And he's still there. So, I don't know. I, You know, I don't see them changing the ACDC name. Not at all. Yeah, no, you know, I get it. Um, you know, you know Angus, Angus Young and Friends just doesn't work. <laughs> it's like a Looney Tunes thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it could yeah. have been like Angus and Axel, like you know, Plant, Plant and Page, but they weren't like Led Zeppelin again. They... Right? Maybe you know, look, maybe they will if they're going to do this. If they're going to really do a new album and another tour, maybe they'll just you know, they'll do it because you know they originally it was just Axel was going to fill in on those ten or eleven dates, and then they you know they didn't announce what was going to happen after that. So maybe they will. Mm, yeah, yeah, perhaps. Um, I didn't get to this part, and this will tie uh, everything you know with concerts and, of course, uh, your book. Um, the only concert thing that I actually got to read was um, about the Scorpions. You know, uh, your story about how you know this hot girl used you to get up stage, and you hated the Scorpions. Yeah, I got, I got, I found her. Like I snuck all the way down to the front. It, it was general mission, and I saw, and then I went to go get a beer, and I saw this hot chick, and I go, hey. I go, where, where are you sitting? She's like, I don't know. I forget what she said. I go, I can get you down front. I go, just follow me. She goes, really? So we get down to the front row, and she was a big Scorpion fan. She's like, thanks so much. And next thing I know, we're in the front row. We're making out. I'm like, this is unbelievable. We're, she, we're making out, and she starts flashing the band. She starts flashing the Scorpions. And the band's going crazy. They're like, give me the thumbs up. They're smiling. They're pointing over. You know, and I'm like, this is the greatest. She's, you know, she's grabbing my dick. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like she was auditioning and, for them with you. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't. Know. I, I had no idea. I was like 20 years old. I'm like, this is a man. I had a bad mustache and a mullet. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is just the hottest chick that's ever even looked at me besides the strip club. <laughs> and then, um, and then as soon as the show was over, one of the uh, one of their uh, roadies or someone came over and goes, "Hey, here's two passes. The Scorpions want to meet you guys backstage." Like, oh man. This is going to be amazing. And we get to the backstage door, and they, she went through, and then some big guy stopped me. I said, no, I got a pass. He goes, no, no, just a girl. I go, no, they said they want to meet us both. He goes, no, just a girl. And I remember the girl's name was like Stephanie or Stacy, and I'm like, Stephanie, Stephanie, they won't let me back. And she never even looked back. Wow. <laughs> oh. Just completely dusted me. I'm sorry. I'm sure she got hepatitis or something, so you went out in the end. So. Right, and, 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 you know, and then I was mad at the Scorpions for a couple of years. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, meanwhile, but I didn't realize at the time, like, why would they want to talk to me? I'm going to ask them, hey, was that, was that someone's dog in, on the animal <laughs> magnetism cover? Was that, you know, was that Rudolph's dog? You know what I mean? Like that's that's what they want to hear from some, you know, dude with a mullet and a bad mustache. Right. You would just be asking some like nerdy music questions. Those are the worst questions ever. Who's that on the blackout cover? Is that Rudolph? It looks like <laughs> so that ties oh, in. Boy. That ties into like what uh, concert experience like pisses you off? Like things that bother you? Like everybody's like what would fall under like everybody's awful like concert habits people have? I think I got a thing in the book about um, concerts, about... Um, right, I guess I can get, get uh, to that part. Yeah, yeah, there's a, little, there's a little section of that. Like, the, the guy with the big head drives me nuts. He's always in front of you. And people filming with their phones. So you know what I mean? Like, I got I to watch the show through your phone you're, as you're filming. Like, wh- where, who's going to watch that footage? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess people post it, but I guess... So are you for... I mean, obviously with comedians, uh, I think Dave Chappelle started it, like, not to bring your phone in, and I get it, because you're ruining a joke. You know, you can't... It's not like a song where you can hear a bunch of times. Like, if you, it's it... But with bands, are you for... Like, we were just talking about Danzig when you jumped on. Uh, are you for them, like, prohibiting pictures and photos? Are you, are, you, are you down with that? Once in a while, I'll take a quick picture, just, you know, just to document where I am for myself. 
You know what I mean? Like, right. I'll do that. But, uh, you know, a, a quick thing, my phone's not up for more than five seconds. I'm done. I put it away. And that's it. I've never filmed anybody. I don't think I've ever. No, I have never filmed. I don't. What am I going to. It's not going to sound. It's going to sound like crap. I can go on YouTube and see the same song professionally shot with six different cameras. Right. You, you know what I mean? So, like, where are you. Uh, let's just say somebody films Welcome to the Jungle. You know, the guns are where. Okay. So you're going to go to work tomorrow. You work on a construction site. You're going to go, oh, man, I was at the Guns N' Roses show. Listen to this. As, you know, a circle of saws going off right over there. This guy's hammering. You know, it's on your iPhone, on your little speaker. Who Who's going to want to listen to that? <laughs> yeah, holding up your phone for more than five seconds at a concert is obnoxious. <laughs> like, that's it. No, it is. <laughs> like, what are you filming? Like, are you, you're going to go home and go, what? And you're never going to watch that. You just put, you just go, oh, what are you going to put? You So you're putting it online? I don't know. I don't, but at, at comedy shows, people really don't film you right if you do you just tell them don't do it because i'm working on jokes and i don't want them out there it's different with a band because they're playing the songs that everyone knows and they're filming or whatever but um no i don't like it at all i don't like the phones up constantly i gotta watch the show through this guy's phone you know and you're filming constantly it's like just watch because the phone's a major distraction too then you got people texting during the show you know it's a major distraction where people aren't focusing on the stage Oh, I hate it because it's usually, of course, dark. You know when all the lights go down, and all of a sudden you can see this bright light just come up, and it's someone's phone. You know they're texting, and it, it, it takes me out of the moment when I'm not on the phone. And I'm a little like you know, uh, like Jim Norton. I needed my pictures, and as far as like the video, I'll. I mean, if I didn't, I guess if I wasn't involved in radio, I, I probably wouldn't do it. But uh, I really, I look around that I'm, it's not in anyone's way. It's just like right in front of me. Like I'm, I'm still conscious of like everybody else around me while I'm still being and you somewhat be. awful. That's good. You're respectful. You're respectful. That's what everyone should do. If you want to film or take a picture, just look around you. Make sure you're not blocking anyone's view. And if you if you sneak up a few rows in front of you, make sure you don't stand in front of somebody that's really small. Now you're blocking their view. I'm always self-conscious about that, too. Yeah, tall guys in the back. Especially yeah, I always I would say put in the I think I put in the book. I said measure people's heads when they're coming in the door. <laughs> they got to stand against the wall in the back. Yeah, it should be in like height order. That's how it should work. I think they should do it yeah. like that. Uh, I do want to get to a, a couple of fan questions for you because I, I it wasn't just me who was excited that you were coming on. Uh, this one is from uh, my buddy Big John Stud down in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, he heard that you were just on a Stone Cold podcast recently, right? Yeah. So he wants to know, like, what? Because um, I know Don. We had we had Don Jameson on. Uh, of course, he's been on tour with uh, Hookers and Blow, uh, combining comedy and rock. So, what do you think works better, comedy and rock, or perhaps comedy and wrestling? Have you ever done anything like that? Like maybe if there was like uh, a like a like a house show or independent show, and I, I don't even know if that exists because there 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 seems to be some sort of like rock and roll attitude in wrestling as well. Like, would you think that would even be a possibility? I don't think so, because, you know, you want, you don't, as a comic, you don't want to get booed for your jokes, so you don't want to be the bad guy up there telling jokes. I don't know. I, I, I love that, the you know, they rile up the crowd and they say stuff where they're going to get booed and they love being the villain. But for stand-up comedy, I don't know if that would really work, where you're telling jokes with people just screaming at you and booing you, because it really affects your timing and, and you know, sure. and the way you deliver it. You know, to me, that would be very distracting, so... I think a comedy and rock could work, you know, like, you know, if, if people know it as a comedian, if they know the comic and the sh and if the set's not too long, like you can't do a half hour right before Guns N' Roses goes off. Sure. Uh, another one I got um, is from Doug from Milwaukee, and this is actually, a, I thought it was a great question. Assuming all these bands are in their prime, uh, who would be the headliner? Ozzy, 
Van Halen, Metallica, or GNR? Ooh, that's that's tough. Yeah. I know, right? And I I don't even want to say GNR just because they're my favorite because I I don't even know if I they should go on next to last. Yeah. I don't man, that's a really tough one because it's. I might just for me, I'm just thinking like maybe like age wise and just like as far as uh, paying your respect to your elders. That's the only way you could do it. But you're saying in their prime, these bands in yeah, their prime, right? Yeah. Headline. No, you're right. And, you know, I, it could easily be Van Halen mm. with David Lee Roth. It could easily be, but then Metallica, you know, which band would be then, the most you know, up? Would be the most what? Clean up afterwards. <laughs> That's how I would do it. Like, uh, who would make the most mess? Right. Ozzy bites a bat, uh, bat's head off. Got to clean that up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. That's the top. Like, ACDC could be thrown in there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I was going to, yeah, he didn't put that in there, but I was going to mention that as well easily. Yeah. So, yeah, you can easily say pass or they all play at once, making really some weird, horrible sound. I didn't, you know, I didn't see the Metallica Guns N' Roses uh, that tour. I didn't see that. What was the, uh, what would you think the best concert? What would you say, uh, probably is the best way to phrase it? What would you say the best concert you've ever been to uh, has? Uh, Man, that's. I've been to so many. I don't know. Right. I paint this all the time. Um, you know, whatever, you know, not at the, you know, the, the, there's obviously video of Guns of Rose at the Ritz. That was amazing, you know, because I was, I'm sure I was drunk and I just remember being there and it being an amazing time. Um, that was definitely one of them. Uh, you know, seeing ACDC with my son with Brian Johnson at uh, MetLife Stadium when my son, he's seven at the time he was five and he knew like half of ACDC set list and he uh-huh. was rocking out to the same songs as me and I saw them as a kid that was a great moment he 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 saw the the Axel version too of gun of uh of ACDC so he's seen him with Axel and Brian well, that's cool boy but then I you know I saw Rage Against the Machine back in the day at like uh I forget the venue in New York City that they knocked down right on like 52nd Street whatever that place was called it was there for years can't remember what that was. Whatever, yeah, but like held like two thousand people. I saw them back. That that was insane. So I don't know. There's been so many shows, and then when Sabbath got back together, like in the in midnight, like ninety, I don't know what it was, ninety nine. They had Pantera open for them. Mm. I saw that show, and so there's been a lot of them, man. I don't know. I can't really answer that. No, that's that's a good enough answer. So you're doing what for your son, what your brothers did for you, which is just it's... oh yeah, he has no, he's totally in the mess. He's been to 17 shows. He's seven already. <laughs> that's the most badass kid in school. <laughs> because no, and I, he, I did what my dad did is when he's in the back seat, he can't go anywhere. So you just play your music and drill it into his head, and he doesn't know anything else. Mm. Just because it's his formative years where he's just absorbing everything. So you just—I've been playing metal. I had the—I had the Metallica, ACDC uh, lullabies. Oh, okay. CD when he, yeah, I had those CDs, and he'd be listening to that, and and then just playing music and constant music all the time for him. And so he's taught that he loves it. So you're going to help the future of rock and metal because it's just, especially here in America, it seems it's just it's. I've been worried about it. It's in a weird, <laughs> you son of a bitch. It's in, it's, <laughs> been, it's in a weird place. It seems, especially with the younger generation. So, you know, when you were talking about like, you in high school, when you know people, oh, he's metal. He's weird. Like, is your, I mean, obviously he's seven, so I don't know how cognizant like him and or his friends are are of that. Like, is he? Do you have like? Does he have long hair yet? Or uh, yeah, he's got long hair. No, but my nephew who just graduated high school, went to two different high schools, and he said there was no more than two kids in his whole high school in each school that liked metal. 
say goodnight. When I went to school, half my class went to the concert. We'd all show up the next morning in Ozzy T-shirts or ACDC. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what I mean? We all took the train. Like, oh, the whole, half the school went to the shows. Yeah, no, I can't. Nothing like that happens now. That's awful. Jeez. Well, you know, look, you had MTV back in the day, and that was huge. You know, there was visual to the, to the, you know, and they were breaking bands left and right, and you saw them, and you went, and, you know, and then and then the mute and the radio was playing all that stuff too. So when MTV went away, and the radio barely, you know, it doesn't want to break any bands, any hard rock or metal bands, then it's really tough for for to find a band. Right. They finally brought back old rock station in New York, which is not even, you know. No, enough. It's, well, it's classic. It's classic rock. You know, it's like you know they play "Bad to the Bone" every fourth song. I already heard that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like the newer stuff. It's um, you know, like Portugal the Man. It's just like the, a lot of the it's, uh, the, it's like the, pop rock. It's yeah, not even. It's not you know, real rock or metal. what. What alternate rock was to us growing up, which was you know, yeah, it was grunge, but it was like Nirvana was that. Uh, just a lot of monster. The magnet. grunge stuff was always heavy too. You know what I mean? Alice in Chains yeah. and Nirvana. Sound, you know what I mean? They had a heavy, you know, there was definitely a Sabbath vibe to it, especially Nirvana, I thought, and then um, a lot of it. So that stuff was still heavy. So as we're, you know, and that's what you guys did, and that's why I loved uh, that metal show, and we all did uh, so much, because, you know, in, in addition to, of course, interviewing people like Slash and Axel, you would give your recommendations. So, I mean, obviously, everyone, you've been asking asked this question a million times. Do you foresee um, it coming back in any form? Because, I mean, you guys have the fan base for it. And I think, I don't know, uh, I was looking at a, a tweet from Eddie Trunk the other day that Netflix didn't say no, or like, I, which it boggles my mind because they'll put on the most mundane bullshit on Netflix. And why wouldn't they? So what, what do you feel like? Where are you now, I guess, if anywhere in the uh, That Metal Show world? Absolutely nowhere. We, you know, the thing is with a show, with a TV show, we were just, you know, the the hosts on the show we have no say on a, when a show gets canceled on where it could go next we don't you know what i mean like we were just you know part of a show you know and the cast of a show like the, you know the cast of a tv show when it gets canceled you know you can't go up to you know when james Galafini was around and the sopranos was no more people people going up to do you should get that show on showtime you know what i mean amazon prime one of the that's a great show like you know he had no control over it either so we have no say. It's like a corporate decision. And, the, you know, the network owns the show. They didn't want to do it anymore. And that's it. You know what I mean? So we like if I knew the head of Netflix, he was my best friend. I could go, hey, can you put that metal show on? It's still I, I have no power to do that. You know what I mean? So it's not like we can go out there and pitch it. And then, you know, and, and they, you know, and Netflix, well, we're waiting for someone to ask us about it. You know what I mean? So BH1 owns the show and that's it. They just they could do whatever they want with it. And, you know. They don't care. They're not looking to go, hey, if you guys want to put it somewhere else, to them it's done, it's, you know, and that, that's it. You know, it's what every TV show, any TV show that gets canceled, like a network owns, they're not thinking about, oh, I wonder if we can get it somewhere else. They just got brand scores. See, that goes back to uh, the branding thing, because I would just say, you know, you don't need to wait for them. I mean, the show is you, Eddie, and Don doing your thing. I mean, they that, that was this it. this metal show. <laughs> or another metal show. Well, the, okay, but the, the problem, look, all right, so... I heard that someone, an agent, went out to try to shop it, like to say, hey, there's a, a version. I don't know if we could do that metal show, but these three guys are on the show, and they went to Hollywood, and nobody in Hollywood ever heard of the show. Wow. It was completely off everybody's radar. We live in a small world where we watch that show and we're into that music. 
but the general public has no idea. That's why, like, it would that show was perfect on VH1 Classic on a little channel that no one cared about, and they just showed the show over and over again, and people found it and liked it. If we were on on Spike TV after UFC, a UFC fight, and we had you know the bass player in in Warren on as our first guest, people <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. you know, I mean, we'd go, go from three million people that watch UFC to fifty thousand that would watch that. Hmm. So you got to, you know, the show was really specific to that audience, so it worked in that little on that little channel. So I don't think Netflix is waiting for a call to see if they can get the show. You know what I mean? So in our little world, it's a big show, but overall, you know, you know, like I walk around and no, you know, people. Call, you know, rarely do people go, oh, my God, you're from that metal show. If I go to an ACDC show, yeah. But, you know, when I go food shopping, nobody's like, oh, my God, you were on that show. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I guess I can understand that. But, again, I guess just to be devil's advocate a little bit, uh, in Netflix, ev- everything seems to be very, I don't know, localized or a niche uh, to, to something. So I just feel like there, there could be something out there. And, and there's been a... There's a new channel, uh, AX, what is it, AXS? Access TV, you mean? Yeah, Access TV, there it goes. Yeah. I'm trying to spell it, because I know, uh, know that has a, like a lot of rock programming as well. There seems to be like still rock kind of channels. So I still, I mean, I still have, like you give a shit, but I still have uh, faith that something will happen. Have you ever thought about even doing, uh, of course, you know, with Eddie being in radio, like even just doing a podcast uh, about it? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, Eddie's got a bunch of stuff going on. We all do. Um you know, maybe at some point. You know, Eddie does a you know a, a Monday through Friday show on Sirius, right. a talk show. Then he's got another show on Monday night. He does a podcast. He's got a regular radio show in New York. You know, and he's you know, and he's uh, you know hosting all these big festivals and stuff. So he's got a ton of stuff going on. Me and Don do too. So who knows? Maybe at some point. But you know, like if you're going to do a podcast, you want to have the guests on. You know, it's more of a visual show. Yeah. No. You know, I think. To uh, you know, to, for, for if we're going to get together and do something, so um, who knows? You know, down the road, you never know. Sometimes TV shows come back. Look, that that goofy show which I never watched, Will and Grace, yeah, off the off the air for eleven years, and it came back on Netflix. I don't but, understand, but it was eleven years, and that was a big show back then. Yeah, the- yeah, no, same thing. Full, full House that show, which was mainstream, should have been back on another network after a year, and that took eleven years to come back. Mm. Yeah, same thing with Roseanne's coming so, back next so week. You never know. Some upstart company could that was a big fan of that metal show owns a network and go and call VH1 and say, hey, I want that metal show. How much do I have to pay for the rights? And, and maybe they're willing to give it up, whatever it is. VH1 say, all right, I might need a million dollars. We want a million dollars and you can have the show. And if someone's going to cut a check, I don't know what that would be, a million bucks, then they can do whatever they want with it. Well, I'm going to keep the faith because, uh, I mean, I have no reason to watch cable Please do. anymore. Please do. I got freaking, you know, I got I got I, I enjoyed it. watching it, and I hate watching televisions. So. <laughs> it's a combination of my two favorite things, uh, metal music and comedians I don't hate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we had a great run. I, I just know, as, you know, when you get on a TV show, it's almost like dating a chick that's way out of your league <laughs> that you have no right to be with. And eventually she's going to dump you. You just, you just cherish every day. And at least you had the they success. Don't tell you, like they don't tell you, like if you're doing another season, you go basically season to season and they, you know, so you don't know after one season, you're like, Oh my God, I hope that we're not done. They go, Oh, we're going to do another season. Like, Oh my God, we're going to do it. That's amazing. And after that one, we're going to do another one. Like, oh, that's unbelievable. I can't believe that we're still doing it. How many did you end up doing? I forget. 
season one? I don't know, but I know it was on for seven years and, oh, wow. and 130 episodes. I mean, that's, that's, that's so much. That's just crazy. And that's a lot for TV to 130 yeah. episodes. That's huge. And you weren't doing it with the guest of the, the, the basis from Warren. You were getting like top notch broadcasts. And that's what it was the only place that I, I can go. And, you know, VH1 uh, Classic, the channel as a whole, is gone. You know, I, I like the, the Metal Mania videos I haven't seen. You know, I want to watch a, a Wasp video <laughs> every now and then. You know, and the, yeah. th- those people are out there because these bands are still touring. I mean, yes, they're not, you know, selling arenas, but that, that base is still there. So that's why, you know, if there's a base for Fuller House, uh, I think there should be a base for that metal show. And there is. And, you know, I'll keep the faith for you. But in the meantime, of course, you're, you know, you're, you're still um, on tour doing uh, comedy and, you know, your, your successful podcast and this brand new book, which I will finish reading. And it's been uh, hilarious thus far. Um, it's available everywhere, right? Uh, online, Barnes & Noble, all that stuff. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Everybody is awful except you. If you like, if you hate social media, you know, it's basically a book of rants, you know. And I identify I with a lot of it. You know, I was, uh, I was, I was afraid that right. I was going to be part of the people that maybe that was awful because I think it's right. because I, I play Pokemon. I mean, I'm sorry. I wouldn't have been hey, mad know. right now. Is he going to hang up? <laughs> <laughs> we lost him. See, yeah, no, you know what? See, I wasn't even mad because, like, you know, people always send me topics to talk about. And when Pokemon came out, everyone's like, oh, my God, please make fun of Pokemon. Make fun of this. Make fun of these people who walk around with their phones like zombies. Okay. And okay. to me, I just said, it's no big deal because no one's going to be talking about it in a month. <laughs> It, the whole maybe even three weeks it's yeah. gonna be over. So it's gonna win a deal. <laughs> no, and it did. It went out pretty quick. I used to play every day, but I don't walk around. I, it's, I'm so bored here in because NYC. I'm so bored here in New York. So I'm like, if especially if I'm stuck in traffic, I just put on Pokemon Go and I'll just catch some Pokemon. That's it. Yeah, that no, whatever, whatever dangerous. works. I don't care. Look, and if this, I always, I said at the end of the book, if anything in here. You know, if you do, and I don't, I didn't write the book to make you feel guilty. Oh no, no. Like you know, like one, like an opiate Anthony. Speaking of opiate Anthony, like they mentioned something about ketchup one day. I don't like ketchup. I'm like you don't like ketchup. I'm like oh, no, there's no reason. Like, I'm not a kid. I don't use ketchup anymore. <laughs> it's and it's just been this whole rant about ketchup. I was like, I I'm like why? I don't. I like to taste my food. You know, and it went on and on. And, that, and I put a whole thing in the book about you know ketchup is for kids. And I go, look, if you like ketchup, I don't want to discourage you from not liking it. I want you to think I better not put it on because I don't like. It. You know, like I always I make the comparison. <laughs> like, like I make the comparison, like I like heavy metal, and I and I can understand why people are like, how could you still like a band like Judas Priest? Like I liked them when I was a kid, and you still go see them, and you buy them, and you know you shouldn't. And no one's gonna shame me into not liking heavy metal, no matter how. And you can easily make fun of it, like why would you like that music? It's whatever it is that. But you're never gonna go. I'm never gonna go. You know what? They're, maybe they're right. I'm gonna start listening to this, you know Drake. <laughs> Give me some of that Cardi B action. Jesus fucking yeah. The music on it too. Fucking god. Oh no, no, it was nothing like I would have been offended by because I know your your sense of humor and I'm not that. Uh, you know, I'm not a social justice warrior. You know, I'm not a millennial. I'm not. A, uh, so I mean, I I still laugh. I'm just like. I didn't want to be any more of a self-loathing Jew than I am. So I'm like, oh, God, what right. else is there that I should hate about myself? But as I'm reading, especially with the Facebook stuff, I mean, I don't brag like that. And especially, you know, oh, you hit the nail on the head with the LOLs after someone types, like with a joke. I hate that with such yeah. a passion. It is beyond me. Uh, yeah. when, so there are a lot of things that a lot of people can identify with. Uh, in your book. It's basically, you know, because it's basically like it's all, everyone's competing with each other on social media. 
you know, and competing for likes, competing with friends, competing this, putting this picture up because this guy's doing it and this I have to keep. It's all of that. It's a, and, and whatever new is out, so everyone's doing the same. Whatever's new, what is everyone doing? Okay, then I need to do that. It's like you're basically trying to fit in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're, you're back to like in high school, like in high school, that's what you did. You tried to fit in. You were socially awkward. You didn't, you wanted to make friends. You weren't sure. So you kind of went with the trends because you just wanted to hang out. You wanted to go to the parties because you weren't, you, you know, and then after you get out of high school, like, all right, I, you know, but these people in their mid thirties and middle-aged people still trying to fit in. I'm like, a woman, if you're a 45 year old woman, you don't have to write. Me and my bestie went to the mall. <laughs> right. You're a you're a middle aged woman. That's for a 16 year old to write. You're a hundred percent correct. Absolutely. And I that's why. Check out my new shoes, by the way. I just upload them on Facebook. <laughs> oh my god, I don't understand the people with the, the gym and just oh yeah, there's like there's so many things uh, that are relatable, and that's why I mean I've been following uh, your career, I've been a fan of your career, and I'm glad uh, you put it in book form. Um, do you think I'm, I'm sure you'll have more books? I hopefully you'll have more books in the future. But yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, hopefully if this one does well, uh, the second one, I'm not sure yet. But uh, you know, people are digging it, and they're buying it, which is good. So no, I would love to. Yeah. You know, in the meantime, I do my podcast and I just rant about different, you know, crap each week, and that works. People dig it and stuff, so it, it's all good. You know, um, I just did a whole one about brunch. I'm not a fan of brunch. <laughs> I think it's a meal you you eat with people you don't like. That's what. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't. Sorry, I don't want to pay twenty four ninety eight for eggs in yeah. the morning. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said that. I don't even remember saying this. Some guy told me. He goes, my friend goes, dude, you remember when you said? I go, I don't want a mimosa. I've never had a mimosa to my lips, and I never had a penis to my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even said the word mimosa. <laughs> I feel yeah, ashamed because yeah, I actually let like a one let a one drink one because it's Sunday morning. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, there are a lot, a lot of things that I certainly relate to, and I'm sure our audience can relate to, especially uh, the rock stuff and the, the Scorpions is just uh, one story uh, that I got to. Um, and, I, you know, I sort of, uh, speaking of guns again real quick, yeah, I went yeah, to their first show. Well, their second show back, the first one at Vegas when Axel was in the throne, I flew out there for that one. Okay. How was that? Not, so, the, not the club show, not the club show in L.A., but when he was deferred, it was amazing. It was, it was that was up there in the top ten best shows I've ever seen in my life. Just at Axel and Slash were on stage, and and Axel was just it was great because Axel was was you know had to stay there in the throne, and he was just looking over and watching Slash. He goes, man, did I miss that guy? Man, look at him. You know what I mean? Like it was it was a great moment. It goes to show you, I think, with a lot of these bands that we grew up in love, that they could be that they broke up, but there could be an opportunity later if the stars align to get back together. If if, if Slash and Axel can uh, make amends, um, it, it seems it could be. I don't know. Who who knows? Maybe one day they will be a, uh, a Sammy Hagar Van Halen tour again. <laughs> I never thought that would happen. I went to the you know I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when Guns got in, in, uh, undone. Okay. I flew to Cleveland for that. I was there for that, which was great because Stephen Adler wore that metal show T-shirt right. and Jam, which is amazing. Um, but you know, after after that all went down, I'm like, there is no shot, no shot of this band ever getting back together. I would have put I put it at zero percent. Because it was so angry, but and you know, and Axel knew what they would do, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just put them in because they wanted that original band to get back together to play on their stage and give them big publicity. And Axel saw right through that. He goes, "No, I'm not doing that." That's why I wrote that letter. He's like, "Stop using my name. I'm not coming." And I know what you guys are doing. 
Yeah, he wanted to do it. Well, at the short the time, he didn't think it was ever going to happen. But if he was going to do it, it was going to be on his terms and not be forced into it. It was, you know, because he could have never done it at that time because they didn't make up. He can't just show up and go up there and sing with them because then his his version of Guns N' Roses, what, no one's going to go see that anymore. Right. They go, no, I want to see the real. You guys did it once. So, you know, he's like, no, it's not the right time for this. And he knew what the Rock Roll Hall of Fame was doing. Mm. So good for him not showing up there. It was kind of, you know, you knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Like, there's no way, you know, but I know, you know, Axel's just going to just go, okay, I'm, I'm good now. You know, I just thought they would never, ever, ever do it. I thought if it was going to happen, the only time it would happen was maybe at the Rock Roll Hall of Fame when they first got introduced, um, inducted. And then as the months went on before the performance, like that, he's not coming. Then let me ask you, since, um, you know, uh, Steven Adler has became a friend of the show and, that was very cool that he supported you guys uh, there. What do you think about him now being on tour with uh, Adler's Appetite, not being in the band? He just announced uh, dates in Australia with his, you know, it's, he wants to be back in GNR. It seems, but uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like the feeling is uh, is mutual. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, did um, you know, who knows? I don't know what went on there either because they don't really talk about it. You know. Um, you know, why he's not in there. I know he had some back issues at the time, maybe. He said he had a, he was going to play, but then all of a sudden he had, had to get back surgery. Right. I heard some, you know, but other than that, I don't know. You know, and I'm not sure, you know, and same thing with Izzy. It's like, I don't know, you know, what the deal is. Maybe it was over money. Who knows, you know, why, you know, it didn't happen. You know, who was going to be in the band? Because when they said they were back together, you still weren't sure who was going to be for a little while before they did their first shows. Absolutely. But and since you've, you um, know Stephen, does it bother you that he's not in the band? I mean, I don't know if you consider him a friend, but are you just cool with it being the way that it is now? With just You know, it's not for me. You know, it's almost like, you know, you know, a family member dating somebody else or whatever. Like, I, you know, I don't want to get in the middle of this. I don't know what went on. Fair you know? enough. And, you know, and, you know, I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan. Would I like to see all five original? Of course, everybody would. And, we, we, of course, with Dizzy Reed, we got to forget that. We don't forget Dizzy. Mm, nice. You know, Dizzy's been in the band since Use Your Illusion days, and he's amazing. He's a great dude, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever. That's, you know, you get you get what you get. But, uh, you know, then again, I mean, that, that you saw those shows. They were phenomenal. I mean, 27 songs or whatever they were playing. Unbelievable set list. And I like that they put a couple of Chinese Democracy songs in there. I, I, I like Chinese Democracy. I knew going in, people were going to hate the record because it was never going to be Appetite for Destruction. And it was Axel's version of Guns N' Roses. And everyone was so negative before the album even came out because it took so long that no one's going to give it a chance. But there's some good stuff on there. I didn't I think it was bad. I like the record. It, it took you know it, when going into it, uh, you don't know what to expect because it is a different band. So it took a couple of listens for a few songs to to really resonate. But I still listen to that record today. It's still like I hope there's more uh, from that time that gets released. And now because of that record, I'm a huge uh, Buckethead fan. I'm seeing him on uh, next month, I believe. Right. No, I mean, I, you know, on a scale of one to ten, I give that record a, a seven. From you, that's six and a half, seven. I think that coming from you, that's that's, that's a high that's some uh, that's a high score, I think, because you 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 yeah, have standards. You know, it, no, it was, it, it was you know there were some good songs on there. It wasn't a ten, it wasn't a perfect record, but it was good. Mm. You know, I think everybody was expecting it to be so bad, like oh my god, that's not Guns N' Roses, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm not going to, I'm going to, you know, you know, it's almost like when you're you're a sports guy and you you know someone 
a free agent comes to your team that's got some baggage or whatever. You're like, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not listening to that. I'm giving him a fresh start. He's on my team. I'm a big San Francisco Giant fan, so Barry Bonds comes to my team. I'm like, all right, I like the guy. He's on my team. I'm gonna support him. It's like, you know, I all those outside forces. I'm like, whatever. He does great for us. I don't care what he did. If he was a dick to a reporter in Pittsburgh, who cares? <laughs> He's hitting home runs for me now. Right on, right on. Uh, Jim, I uh, thank you for the time. I know we've kept you for a while. Um, and you're, are you on tour right now? Forgive me uh, if that I, I didn't look that up on your website. That's good because then you'd be a stalker. Like, oh, so you're in the... <laughs> I see coming up. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, no, I'm in St. Louis right now doing shows, so... Okay, cool. Because I was going to say, next time in New York, I would love to have you uh, in studio. We're in the same building as, as Q104. Uh, you know, Eddie's show is, uh, I mean, I, I think he doesn't do it out of here, but I, I know uh, Q104 Oh, you're downtown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're um, near... You know, Center so, Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know. Avenue of the Americas. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, I'll, yeah, I, I could do that sometimes. Cause I do a lot of shows in New York. In April, I'll be around a lot. So, uh, you know, doing some comedy shows so I can pop in at some point. Oh, I, I, w- I would love that. And then I'll be uh, like a creep like Jim Norton, and I'll ask for a picture. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. Me and Jim both with the pictures. I always get a picture. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten like 17 pics of Ozzy. Every time I've met him, I got, I got to get I'm like, why do I need to get another one? I've got so many, but I still have to. But everyone <laughs> has its own memory, I'm sure. Yeah, it's great. Oh, love it. Uh, Jim Florentine, uh, this has been awesome. Again, I've, I've been a huge fan since the Opie and Anthony days. Um, uh, I can't wait to finish reading your book. Um, I wait. might steal it afterwards, and that's okay. Well, it, you can because it was uh, free with my heart. Uh, oh. So forgive me, I didn't pay for it. This was uh, the promotional uh-huh. one. Ah, yeah, it so, all comes together. Yeah, so forgive me. You you won't be getting my. You'll get my money when I go to one of your NYC shows or the Long Island that's shows. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. As long as you promote the book, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, Mr. Jim Florentine uh, on Twitter because I know you're pretty active, and that's uh, yeah, you're pretty active and pretty hilarious on there. Thanks. I'm on Instagram, but I don't post any of the pictures of food that I eat. <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, I, I just want to let everyone know I'm having a meal. You know. Oh, too good, Jim. Thank you so much for, yeah. uh, for the time. All right, cool, man. Take care. All right, see you later. Bye. Later. So that was cool, man. Yeah. Mr. Jim Florentine, I know. Some awesome rock stories. And that's only part of it. I mean, I didn't get to because I, I was in such a huge reading phase. When I was younger, uh, it was actually weird. It was when I started commuting to the city for the the kind of the job that I have now. Because uh, I, I yes, it's iHeart, but I work under Premier Radio Networks, mm-hmm. and that used to be my Radio City Music Hall. And I my first radio professional radio job ever was three a.m. to nine a.m. in the morning. So you know nobody on the train. Partially prime time. <laughs> but it wasn't on air. It was like it was board opping like a love dedication oh. show. It was ridiculous. Like you know, just getting your foot in the door, like a professional radio, you know, job, like whatever. Uh, and I just that my iPod at the time wasn't enough. You know, the, the trip I needed something to occupy uh, my brain more. So I like I picked up the Dirt uh, from Motley Crue, which are finally making into a movie. Ah. And that kind of just spiraled into a lot of other. Books and you know we've talked about um, you know we talked to the guy who co-wrote Slash's book Anthony Boza and and it was like so I was in like a really big reading phase at the time and just I haven't read I mean I'm not literate I haven't just actually sat down though and I've read. forgotten how to read <laughs> I never learned to read <laughs> but I haven't read like read read in, in quite a some time but you know of course with Jim coming on I'm like I I want to be somewhat educated you know I hate 
you know, listening to some of these because like behind the scenes of what I do. So, Jim, I see on page 37 you use the word frankly. Tell me about that. <laughs> or like behind the scenes, like what I do, like why I got this, um, why I got the promotional with Jim Florentine. I shouldn't say me, but like iHeart got it is because we put on these radio tours in the morning. So like someone like Jim, he'll talk to a morning radio show and it'll be like a seven minute interview. And that's like one of 20. You know, right. It's scheduled. And so my job is to edit those interviews uh, kind of just get the responses from the author, the comedian, the rock star. Like Judas Priest was actually here the other day, uh, and Halford. Yeah, no, they were they were all here wow. the other day. But it was too early for me to. I, it was too early in the morning for me to get here. That would suck. But whatever. Did you not hear what Jim said? You get here. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It was a blizzard here. I couldn't cross the street without a fucking sherpa. It was the whole fucking thing. Uh, so like we'll take the responses from the celebrity and I'll put them on a prep site so you can kind of like pretend that you're interviewing them. Yeah, uh, it's all That's smoke and mirrors. Very bizarre, but okay. I know, but like what I have to do is like I'll listen to like all the interviews that they're doing around the country, and some of these I mean, morning guys are just like, so tell me about the book, and it's just like a stock question, and you could tell <sighs> they didn't read it. So what's this about? Oh, this is your first book? And you just, they have no idea. That's great. That's like Byron Allen when you watch like Comics Unleashed. <laughs> He's like, so I hear you took a trip recently. Tell me about that. That is the – thank you. That's like the <laughs> – that is the worst. That is the worst. Exactly. He just bought the Weather Channel. I so saw that it's too. It's going to be out of – I don't know what's going to happen now. <sighs> Topical. <laughs> Tropical Storm OJ's in the news. What? <laughs> Ridiculous. But until I didn't want to be that. I mean, I, I so I read some of his book, but I didn't get to uh, to all of it. And it really is Do you think funny. Jim remembered me? No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, how good at giving him head were you? Seven out of ten. <laughs> just like Chinese democracy. I was a Chinese democracy of head. <laughs> Oh, that, that's going to be the name of your next special. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Joe, this was um, – thank you for coming down. I really do uh, appreciate Yeah, sorry if I wasn't more talkative when he was on. I, I wanted to let him do his thing. And I try to do that as well. I hate when comedians are trying to like out-joke each other on the uh, – and I in real life and in interviews on radio and television. You're a comedian. Easy with the microphone. Calm down. She's getting angry. I'm just oh, so excited. I, I want to talk more. That was my time. <laughs> no, you're one of the com- – that's why I like you. You're one of the comedians. A, I mean, I think you're funny, but that, that gets it, you know, uh, that just gets the – that's why you're like you're Florentine. You just get when people are just full of shit, or yeah. you, you're 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 very self-aware. You know, uh, so I mean, and this ties into his book, but uh, you know, most of me on social media, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram, is just me kind of mocking how other people post. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and people eat it up because they're like, yeah, that's true. Even people who post like idiots will like what I post mocking them because they they have no self-awareness. And you're making fun of them. Exactly. That's exactly – no, it's perfect. So uh, if you if you follow Jim Florentine, first, uh, first of all, but second of all, you should follow Joe Pontello. Just at Joe Pontello, yes. right? You want to spell your nice little – Oh, right. J-O – well, you know, Joe. <laughs> P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O and uh, dot com. You have some really good parodies of um, – was it Matthew McConaughey? Yes, Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln commercial, and uh, I have a Quit Comedy Now commercial up on YouTube if you want to check that out. Yeah, and you have some um, – what was it, like the the Evil movie, right? Oh, right. Hank is Evil, the movie, released in uh, 2014. Yeah. 
it's really hard, like what you what you guys do and what Jim does, and that's why you know so many things are such a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> but just to get your your name out there, and you know he has, I mean, he's been doing comedy for like how long did he say since ninety one? Yeah, and that metal show. I mean, yeah, it was... I didn't realize they did seven seasons of that. But that was like so much later on in his career. And you read about it. You're reading about all the failed pilots that he had and Jim Norton had. I mean, it's just, it's so fucking difficult. And I compare it to, you know, radio. I mean, yes, radio has sometimes like specific jobs. So I've been on different radio stations. But now it's kind of being like a podcast. I have no idea if anyone's going to listen to it. But I'm very grateful people have listened to now 53 episodes of... Woo! ...of Appetite for Distortion. Jim has uh, really good cameos in the show Californication and uh, in an episode of Louie. He plays like a hacky road comic. Oh, if yeah. If you haven't seen it, that's uh, – I'm not even that big. I don't even like the Louie show that much, but that was like one of the best performances on He the was. Show. Yeah, no, I remember that with yeah. uh, seeing him in Louie, and I didn't even want to – Ask him about that because I don't know. It's too I, sensitive right now. You know, maybe when he comes in, I mean, um, you know, since he, we knew, know each other a little bit more now, uh, his, I mean, I'm not like it's completely uh, relevant. Although, uh, last episode, uh, and I put it up on our Facebook, uh, Mike Squires, who was in Duff McKagan's Loaded, when Duff was on the Opie and Anthony show, Louis C.K. was on at the same time. Right. And this was over at, uh, you know, the satellite place. And, He's and Mike Squires is a really, really nice guy, down to earth. And he's like, he kind of just made it seem like Louis C.K. just looked at him like he was nothing, you know, like, who are you? You know, like, what are you doing here, kind of thing. What does that mean? Does did Louis refuse to masturbate? With him? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what he said. He, said <laughs> he, made a, he made a similar joke. Oh, god, I mean, he seemed <sighs> like he kept to himself. I mean, I only saw him in person once and. And I think it was when he was filming his TV show. So, but he he seemed like he yeah, was I mean, not somebody who was not very warm. I mean, it seems but like maybe a, I misread that situation. Perhaps. I mean, a lot of comedians. I mean, uh, seem to be like that. I mean, I think when we rekindled, I'm like, does Joe hate me? Or is I mean, it... I do, but I'll still use you <laughs> for various uh, multimedia things. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. But you now, uh, comedy uh, comedians are. Uh, uh, a, a certain breed of person who I, I love, and, and when it ties into the rock world, like it's just I don't know, it just makes me uh yeah. Like he happier. was saying, uh, I always like to think of myself as yeah, I'm a comedian, but I'm I, I want to be I want to be like a rock star on stage, and I actually in my special I have a bit about that, and I'm like, but it just doesn't work. Like you know, rock stars are having women throw themselves after them after shows. I have. I, I did a show one time in upstate New York, and some older woman comes up to me afterwards and goes, do you like ice cream? Uh, there's a great ice cream place in town. And she was just endlessly giving me directions to an ice cream place. I'm like, say, this is this is as rock star as I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get some good ice cream all the way home. And I'm good at neither. I can't play an instrument. And here I try to be funny. And I don't know. One friend told me I'm 60% uh, funny. Sixty so, percent funny. Yeah, that's yeah. Is that pretty good. Probably better than ninety percent of comedians. So. <laughs> that is very true. I'm t- like, oh my god. We uh, always had a good rapport uh, on radio. So yeah, it's good to rekindle this because I do a podcast with a friend of mine, and I like him, and he's a funny guy. But I feel like he has terrible timing. Mm. Like I have, I feel like I'll say something that needs to be bounced off of, and I'll have to wait like five minutes until he finally bounces off of me. <laughs> If he's listening, I'm sorry. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is difficult. And, um, you know, I, I try to get people on 
you know, other than, of course, the guests, but uh, since Scotto left, and even like when, you know, Ian had, uh, Ian Scotto had initially had mentioned doing a podcast, I'm like, I've done radio with a bunch of people, and just because I'm friends with somebody, it may not work. And you were one of the comedians, because I've done radio with other comedians before, but you were one of the ones that, like, I felt got it, that I really didn't have to pull teeth with, and you can kind of just carry a conversation by yourself. Usually. Usually. And same thing with me. I mean, I, it's it's still a challenge for me, and I've been doing radio for 15 plus years at this point, and this is my first time doing- I would doing... have never guessed that. Gonna... Neither would I, but this is my first time yeah, doing- this? <laughs> well, I'm new with this podcast game, so this is uh, interesting. So I hope uh, you yourself, Joe, enjoyed uh, your first AFD show experience. Yeah. Uh, Is that what I was? Oh, yeah. yeah, try to learn more about uh, Guns N' Roses next time. <laughs> I know what I know. I know, I know. Guns N' Roses. ACDC, I'm not, that's not uh, my area of expertise. No, no, I know I know that. But I know you, you, you're, I mean, again, you're more of like a, I mean, you're a rock guy, but like the whole, ra- you know, more of like the rage and, were you like a Primus guy as well? Were you? Yeah, oh. I liked Primus. Yeah. I would say, uh, ugh, I used to more easily know my top five. It was probably like Rage, some combination of White and Rob Zombie. And then, like, Electric Six, and uh, mm. who else would make the top five? I don't even know. At some point, I would have. Right. Yeah, yeah. Actually, enough. Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson are touring this summer. They are. I might want to go to that. I almost want to go to that. And Danzig is getting back with the Misfits. I'm going. Tour. You're going? Yeah. In Jersey? Yeah. Uh, my wife really wants to go, and I'm debating if I should buy her a ticket. I think I only. <laughs> they're really expensive, and the only yeah. th- reason why I, I agree to it. Because I went to go see Danzig last year. I'm like, you know, yeah, I want to see him do Misfit songs with Jerry, but uh, because I got handicap seats, so they were slightly less expensive. How was it in Huntington? It was cool to be in. Have you ever been to the Paramounts? It's a, it's a really nice. I shot a movie there, actually. Actually, that was the only time I was there. <laughs> I oh, yeah? Think about it. You should go. I, mean, I should have went the other day, but I think I was working. Uh, Weird Al was just there. Um I saw George Thurgood there. I saw the Whalers there. Um, the Hartford Whalers? Yeah. They, they tour now? That's great. <laughs> uh, well, since uh, Bob Marley is no longer, uh, the Whalers still do stuff. I oh. saw um, Zappa does Zappa there. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice... Because we debated yeah, going but... to that concert, but then we were like, what kind of audience is going to be at a Long Island metal or rock metal show? I'll end here, and this was really... I felt uncomfortable, and this was at a Danzig show. Uh I was going to say it was a guy and a girl. The girl was dressed, you know, scantily, but not like over the top or whatever. Uh, the guy who was maybe six foot one, six foot two, uh, skin tight dress, pumps, and was being carried around by uh, a leash by that woman. Okay. And I'm like, okay, this is a Danzig show. All righty. <laughs> Can't like, say I saw that in the city. <laughs> so I don't know. So uh, on that note, I like to end things uh, so awkwardly here. Uh, so Joe, thanks. So obviously, thank you so much uh, to Jim Florentine, and thanks uh, to all of you uh, for for listening to another episode of the AFD Show. Uh, more guests to come, and it's going to be really, really cool. I know I got uh, um, Jack Lou coming up. Uh, the first photographer for, for Guns N' Roses, uh, Roy Orbison Jr., uh, reached out to me again. So we're eventually going to do something. What? Yeah, hopefully uh, in studio. Uh, also, this was cool. Uh, he got back to me on Twitter. Um, Johnny Kelly, the, the drummer for Hookers and Blow, but used to be in Typo Negative. I don't know if you were a big Typo fan, but um, 
I, I was, so that's going to be really— I love typo negative, and I love mocking them at the same time. <laughs> Lucky Peter Steele's not alive to kill you with his giant— I think he'd appreciate that. No, he, he probably would. I mean, he was on Jerry Springer for— Oh, my say. God. I, I watched that video not too long ago. Oh, so good, so good. So, I mean, just uh, more interviews to come, and uh, it's all thanks to all of you for listening and just making this fun for me and— Give me a, a reason to live. <laughs> so, Finally, it's all yes. come together. So as far as what, like, well, when will be the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. That's up to you. <laughs> I don't know if as soon is the word, but you'll see it. You've been listening to the distorted minds of Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The AFD Show. security, I'm going home.